Hello and welcome to the Migrant Next Door. I'm your host and fellow migrant Ritika and I'm here to talk about all things related to migrants. So we will discuss everything from moving to a new country, mental health, relationship problems, culture shocks, investing and more in the journey to build a home away from home. So it's been a week since I recorded the first episode and just want to say thank you to everyone for their support and feedback. Your opinion really matters for The Migrant Next Door and um, I hope that we continue to make sense to you and you find us relatable to your experiences in a new country. So when I was thinking about doing this episode, I also posted on our Facebook page about the podcast being live on Spotify and uh, Apple Podcasts and um, how it was a nice sunny day and was perfect to let the world know about it. So I did. I posted on Facebook and Instagram. They go hand in hand, never one without the other. And um, I'm still thinking about TikTok. I know it's a really popular platform and all, but um, that's a discussion for another day. Okay, so back to story. So the sun was out, posted about the podcast, and lo and behold, one hour after posting about the sunshine, the weather turns crappy and it starts raining. I checked the forecast and it's going to be raining for the next four days. Like what? I mean, I'm not, I'm not surprised, and I am used to of of this type of weather. It, but it, it, it had to happen the day I made my post and referenced the weather. Anyways, so I was saying how I am used to of the rain for four straight days, and why it didn't surprise me. It, I was disappointed, but not surprised, and that's because. I live in New Zealand and in the past six years that I've lived here I am pretty used to of this type of weather which brings us to today's topic. So um, today I want to talk about what it's like being a migrant. So what do you do once you've moved? What are the different culture shocks? climate shocks and you know other type of shocks that you experience which probably are just part of the normal life in this new country but they aren't normal to you at all. So um, I live in Christchurch and here they say that you should be ready to see all four seasons in one day. So carry a coat with you but also carry a sunscreen and an umbrella. Anything can happen. And initially, I used to laugh at this thinking, it can't be true. And now I'm like, hmm, better take my rain jacket if anything happens, you know. So dealing with the weather was really a big challenge for me at the start. I still remember doing my research in India just before coming here. And the seasons here are opposite to India. So when it's um, the summer season in India, it's um, winter in New Zealand. So I was ready for summer when I first moved here and I still to this day remember my reaction as I stepped out of the airport waiting for the sunshine and it was the exact opposite. It was cold, it was windy and it was raining and I said, God, 
what have I done? Can't even go back now. Literally crossed an ocean to come here. And what? I was a bit dramatic, I have to admit, but I wasn't expecting that weather. So coming from the hottest part of India, um, where summer temperatures are around 45 degrees, there is literally not a drop of rain. I was expecting the same here. But in New Zealand summer, temperature is around 25 degrees on a good day or lower than that sometimes when it rains. So I definitely wasn't ready for this summer. And um, then came the winter. And all I can say is that I was miserable. Like, <laughs> really miserable. I had never lived in a place where temperatures fell to zero degrees or lower. And um, here I was, living the dream and shivering in my sleep. So yeah, it took me a few years to get used to of this weather. And I still don't like the winter. But now I get excited about the 25 degree summer. It gets really hot in here. <laughs> well, nothing compared to the 45 degrees, but I guess my body kind of adjusted to that. So yeah, the other shock for me was food or the lack of it. So as a vegetarian who has only eaten Indian food all her life, I moved to a country that produces no spices and the staple food kind of is meat. So different types of meat. So yeah, really smart move on my part. Most restaurants, then they didn't have a vegetarian option. Or if they did, it was just a um, salad. And there were more like meat options. So I couldn't really find Indian food options at supermarkets as well. And in general, I was kind of really struggling to find decent food to eat. And by the way, those salad options were more expensive than the meat options. So, you know, just can't buy anything. So after looking around and asking for a few days for like from other people, I finally found an Indian store, like a small supermarket store, and they sold Indian products. So I was really relieved that. So I did my grocery shopping, went home and cooked myself a nice semi-decent type of meal which which I could enjoy really so yeah living in a foreign country as an international student is never easy and you are never going to have enough money to do everything you want to do and and pay your bills so most students try and find a part-time job now most students working part-time job again is very normal thing to do but but not for me or anyone who's moved countries you're trying to adjust to a new life studying a new environment and then also trying to find a new job and then work there so it's overwhelming to say the least and requires the right frame of mind to focus on on like one thing at a time so you want to study and you want to study well because that's your main reason for moving right and you want to get good grades and the hope to find a good job that'll that'll set you up for a bright future but there's also adjusting to the time differences and managing to keep in touch with your friends back home you know i would wake up in the morning back in the day i used to wake up in the morning to find missed calls from like friends and family because they too are trying to adjust to this time difference and what is an acceptable time for them to call me is probably when 
I am already deep asleep. So small things like that add to a lot of new things that you need to adjust in the first few weeks or months of your overseas stay. And as much as we want to be spontaneous and go on these adventures, what we really need is routine. And it's really hard to find a routine when these there are like so many new things happening around you and that you have to understand and work on, like get a new bank account, register for taxes, find out what bills you have to pay. That, that's another thing. You need to find out what, what you need to pay and subscribe for and then and then pay it. So it's all happening at once. And, and then you need to find out the best bus route to go to university. And everyone's taking the bus. It's normal. But you have to first figure out which bus to take and where to get a bus card from. And the fact that there is a bus card, the world is calm around you. But you're not. So in the middle of all of this chaos, finding a person who can kind of hold your hand and guide you through the long list of things to do is, is really important, I think. And when you find that one person who is either a fellow student or, or someone from your home country, like a teacher or someone at work, it's like finding an angel, really, who is just guiding you through this divine path. And you can't thank them enough for the support. And they help you because they probably were in your shoes once upon a time. Or, or if they're a fellow student from your home country, then they are also going through the same journey. So you both kind of share the knowledge and in the process, either make a new friend or get introduced to a few other students. So you you kind of build a community. And, and a human being is a social animal. And it is especially relevant to build a new connection because you don't know anyone. So as soon as someone offers a helping hand, I suggest you take it without thinking too much about it. This is often a reason why um, when international students move to a different country, they move with other students or, or friends because that sense of community and belonging is really important. And it's hard, you know. I, I remember having these really long days with university in the morning, so you have good lectures. And then work in the afternoon, which mostly like it finished late at night. So you get home really tired and you can't even think of cooking. And if I'm being really honest, that's not how I imagined my life to be. Like when, when, I, when I thought of moving overseas or what I first imagined. But that's the reality of it. Social media will never portray the truth behind the the posts and, and the hashtags of your new life. And I think it's really important to manage that expectation. Because if we don't, then we will crumble under pressure. So I used to think back in the day that all this hard work will pay off when I get a great job and that'll set me up. So in a way, I had a, I had a goal to achieve at the end of my time in the university. And I think everyone has that goal. And, and we have to be realistic about it. I can't do everything at once. I can't be studying and working and going out with friends and watching TV or Netflix or whatever. 
I can either go out with friends or finish that assignment and go to work so I could pay rent or, or do something else. But I can't be doing everything at once. It's probably just only adding to your pressure. So yeah, I moved to New Zealand as a student. So that was kind of my experience. But but people move um, overseas for new jobs. So they have no idea how this company works and what's the culture like, which is again, super hard to figure out. People will help you as an international student, but no one will help you understand your work culture or the lack of a good work culture at a company. So that is definitely something you have to figure out. And once you do, and if you don't like it, what are you going to do next? Most people are tied to a job for a work visa. So it's really hard to just switch jobs. And it gets even harder if you've moved you, your family over with you or they're about to join you. You can't just tell them, oh, don't worry about it. I don't like it here. I'll move back. It is not that easy. And, and workplace bullying and intimidation is something a lot of migrants deal with. And most of them are not aware of the right resources to use for help. Sometimes, sometimes they're just too scared to ask for help in the, in the fear of retaliation. Because like I said, your visas are tied to your jobs. So I mean, you really have to think about what, what you want to do, what you don't want to do. So if I think about working in India, um, it was quite a common practice, I have to say, to work overtime or stay at work longer than your, than your required number of hours. Because everyone was there. Because your boss is still there. So if you finish work at six, then you can't leave at six because then people will judge you. Because the expectation is to stay at least till your boss is in the office. And if someone's overseas with these experiences and tries to work late or work overtime, then in the best case scenario, they are either told not to do that or they'll be paid for that work, like overtime. But in the worst case scenario, they will just be given more work. Because you know this person wants to work more. And, and this behavior just opens the worker to exploitation. And that will just add to your stress. So I suppose, I mean, I know a lot of people probably listening right now are thinking, yeah, that happened with me. And, and I shouldn't have done that. And that's what I'm talking about. You just don't know what is expected of you and what's not expected of you. And you have to just figure it out. And I'm sure all these people, now they know what, what they have to do or what they should have done. So at least we know now. That's, that's all I can say, really. And then it's the same with kids in school. So we are so overwhelmed with changes as an adult. Just imagine what it would be like to go through such a massive lifestyle change when you're younger and you can't see any of your friends and, and the new kids in your class don't even look like you. I think that would be scary as, as a 10 year old. So yeah, heads off to kids who go through so much change when, when they're so young. And I'm not talking about toddlers because toddlers are toddlers, but, but your children who are a bit older or like in their early teens, I think it will be really hard for them to adjust. Um, so again, like your parents probably will play a big part in how they manage that change for you. 
So yeah, with this, we have come to the end of today's episode and we discussed all the different lifestyle changes one has to go through when they move overseas. So either as an international student, or for a job, or with their parents as kids. So I think we are all trying to make our way through the unknown. And at the end of the day, you have moved and you need time to catch up. But the world around you never stops. And, and you just need to make up for that lost time. And I'm sure you will. So I hope I'm leaving you with, with a few things to think about or memories from the time that you moved overseas. Let me know your thoughts and suggestions that you think would help me improve. Leave a comment on social media at the Micro Next Door on Facebook and Instagram. Remember, we don't have TikTok yet. And like and follow our pages. You can listen to us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And um, if there's another podcast platform where you would like to see the Micro Next Door, just send me a message and I'll work on it. All right. I will see all of you lovely people soon. Stay safe in this wild weather and um, yeah, take care. <laughs>